I'm going to ask Christine now if she could come and bring our Bible reading to us this morning. The first Bible reading is from Isaiah 64, and it's uh, verses 8 to 9. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O Lord, look upon us as we pray, for we are all your people. Then the next is from Luke, and it's chapter uh, chapter ten. Uh, no, chapter what is it? Chapter ten and twenty-one to twenty-two. Okay. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is the end of the reading. Thanks be to God. Shall we just pray for David before he speaks to us? Loving Father, we thank you for David. We thank you for his willingness to serve you. And we thank you for the gifts you've given him. We pray that you would speak through him now the messages you want each of us to hear and that you would open all our hearts so that they are receptive to that message. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Um... Happy Father's Day, by the way. Uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Now, um, I'm not entirely sure this is going to be a sermon. Um, let's just see what happens, shall we? In October of last year, I uh, was launching another series about the Trinity. And I preached on God the Father, the first person in the Trinity. It was quite a technical sermon. Some of you might remember it. It was, it was the one where I used all the long theological words. Um, actually, <laughs> with me, that might, not, that might not whittle it down that much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was quite a technical sermon about God as the Father of creation, of the uh, uniqueness of the Son. It was... Um, yeah, but I did it, what, eight, nine months ago. And so I really wanted to be able to bring you something different this morning, um, something that wasn't super theological or technical, and something which uh, was, I suppose, much more relational in tone, uh, which really isn't my style. Um, so... That's why I'm kind of a bit 
<laughs> about what's about to happen. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I was reminded as I was sitting here just now of when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so that's my prayer for this morning. So yes, we're starting this new series about God and us. We're starting with God the Father, a very familiar image, one of the most uh, common images of our relationship to God in Scripture. Uh, we'll be going on next week to uh, the images of um, more feminine care, of motherhood next week. Then after that, we'll be looking, I think, uh, at the jealous God. What does it mean to have a God who is jealous for our worship? We'll also be looking at God's friendship, which is a, a very different type of relationship, isn't it, to those others? But Jesus calls us friends, and so what does that mean? And then finally, we're going to be looking at uh, the name God gives himself when he first meets Moses, I am. What does that mean? And how do we relate to a God who the only thing he'll reveal about himself is that he is? I think it should be a, an interesting series. And because it's all about those relationships, it seems appropriate again to uh, start with something which is quite simple and just about the fact the, the simplicity of our relationship with God in many ways. And so that's, that's where I'm starting this morning. If there was ever any doubt about how middle class I am, I'm now going to use uh, an example or a kind of... Uh, 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 kind of I'm going to make a comparison with uh, a segment from Radio 4. Uh, does anyone listen to Saturday Live? No? Occasionally, you've heard Saturday Live, yeah, yeah. So it's a magazine show. It's about, what, 9, 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Uh, it's quite an easy way of starting the weekend. Um, but there's a segment on that which they've been doing for, for many years now called uh, Inheritance Tracks. Have you heard this? Inheritance Tracks? Yeah, it's brilliant. And the way it works is they get a celebrity on and they talk for five or ten minutes about two pieces of music, one which they've inherited from their parents and one which they want to pass on to their children. And they talk about the significance of those pieces of music to them and their lives and what they feel they've um, taken from that, from the, the older generation and what they feel they want to pass on to the next generation. And that's how I want to structure my reflections this morning. So what do I get from... What, do I, what have I inherited? My dad um, is a wonderful man. Um, hello, by the way, if you're listening on the tape, Dad. Um, 
And he was an excellent father. He was wise and kind and fun. He was a really fun dad. Um, and he taught me what it is to be a man, what it is to be a father, which I became to. There are many, many good qualities uh, that I see in myself, which I know came from him. Um, yeah, he was a great, great dad. But part of growing up is discovering the fact that your parents are not perfect. And I think that's a... <sighs> That's something we all go through, and I think it's probably a mark of how good our parents are, is how late you have to go through that process, but it's a process we all go through, is discovering that our parents have feet of clay. And my dad was not a perfect dad. He was a very, very good dad, but he wasn't a perfect dad. And he made mistakes. And I remember mistakes he made. And there are things about him which I now see in myself, which I desperately want to rid myself of and which I don't want to pass on to my son. And it's, it can be hard to find examples of good, like really good fathers. If we look in the Bible... Put Joseph aside to one moment. How many good dads can you think of in the Bible? Not Adam, not Abraham, not Isaac, not Jacob, not Saul or David or Solomon. It's pretty hard to think of really good dads in the Bible. I think of good mums. You know, Hannah was a great mum. Elizabeth, Mary, great mums. What about Naomi, mother-in-law? Brilliant, though. Good dads, hard to find. And I think part of that is because, of course, in the Bible we find the ultimate expression of good dad in the love of God the Father. But how do I use God the Father as a role model for my own fatherhood. Can I be that loving? Can I be that kind? Can I be that good of a disciplinarian? Can I, God help me, can I love that sacrificially? Jesus teaches us in our Luke passage this morning. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, Son chooses to reveal him. And so my prayer is that Jesus will continue to reveal to me the character of God and that I would be able to take that character and learn the lessons of it in my role as a father. And in the care I have, not just for my son, but for other people. The way I serve in church, the way I am with Liz, 
the way I conduct myself in my work and with my friends. Because God is the good father. But I pray also that I would learn a lesson from my dad. And this is what I want to, this is my kind of inheritance track from my dad. Is that my dad knew that he wasn't a perfect father. And he was, he is an incredible man of God, and he tried to learn those lessons from God. But when he failed, he wasn't afraid to apologize. And I remember for not living up to the mark. And I pray that that is something I can take away from my dad, and um, that people will see, and my son will see, in our relationship. So that's what I want to inherit from my dad. I want to strive for perfection, but I want to not be afraid to apologize when I don't meet that standard. So what do I want to pass on to Arthur, my son? He was born uh, about two years and one month ago, middle of May. So this is my third Father's Day. And I think all I really want to do is tell you a story about the day he was born. It was about two in the morning and I'd gone straight from work to the hospital where Liz uh, had been, um, what do you call it? She'd been taken into hospital the day before um, to induce Arthur because there was a little bit of a concern about some things. And so Arthur was being induced about a week or two early. And... I went from work expecting not to stay because the way they had talked about it had made it sound like it was probably a two or three day wait before they were going to do anything serious. So I got there about six o'clock in my work clothes, fresh off the bus, and several hours later, Liz was having been kind of, they'd sped up the process of inducing Arthur and um, I was still there in my work clothes um, and the pain had been mounting up for Liz and uh, in the early hours of the morning the decision was made to um, uh, where's that word gone what's the drug thing which they do with the spine epidural thing um, I do know that word, I just, it just dropped out of my head. They, they, they decided they were going to use an epidural, and I held Liz as they put it in, because she had to be so frightened. And I had to hold her head and look into her eyes and tell her everything was going to be okay. And I had to be strong for her. And when it was done, and the pain had gone away, she fell asleep. And I was alone. So I went down to the chapel. I don't know if you know the Hinchingbrook Chapel, it's a beautiful little space. It's got a lovely stained glass window at the back. And I sat in the chapel for a few minutes just to kind of regroup. 
And more out of curiosity than anything else, I went over to the, the Bible that was on the lectern and uh, really just to see what page it was open to. Because I think it's always curious what page Bibles are open to when they're just left. Um, and it was open to the Psalms. It was open to the 23rd Psalm, arguably the most famous chapter in the Bible. And as I read the first words of that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. It was like, it was almost like a physical sensation of a weight of love being dropped on me. And I knew that I knew that whatever happened, that I had a good and loving father, a father who was my shepherd, was caring for me, and even in the darkest valley, be with me. And I cried for about 10 minutes, huge sobbing cries. And I washed my face and I went back up and I tried to get some sleep. And just after lunch the next day, Arthur was born. And a couple of days later, Liz was still in the hospital because um, she stayed in for quite a long time after, well, about a week after Arthur uh, was born for various reasons. And so I, I had to kind of go and keep coming back. And... Arthur started crying and Liz was in bed and so I picked him up and I walked up and down uh, a now empty ward. It had been full when Liz went into it but slowly everyone else had been discharged so now it was empty and I walked up and down the ward holding my, what, two, three day old son and I sang the words of the psalm to him. You know, that song, the Lord's my shepherd on and I've sung that to him many, many times since. Trying to comfort him, trying to get him to sleep. It's, it's my go-to song with Arthur. And so, that's my prayer for Arthur, and that's what I want him to inherit from me, is the powerful knowledge of God's love for him, that God has him in his hand and will never let him go. It's a privilege to be both a father and a son. It's a privilege to have had a good dad and to have a healthy, lovely boy. And I pray my son will know that I am not infallible, but will know the overwhelming love of the perfect father. Happy Father's Day. Amen.